I have still a lot of anesthesiologists, pain management doctors who are friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of them are two, two decades older than me, but good mm -hmm. guys. They were coached by their societies to prescribe opiates. Mm -hmm. And then the regulatory landscape changed immensely. And all these people who are now on opiates and addicted, they can't get them. So where do they go? They went to the streets. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We've got a special guest today, Josh Whalen. And you had a hard time getting in here this morning because Tennessee got uh, – is it normal for tornadoes to be in Tennessee? Yeah, man. Or is it the end of days? Is Arnold, <laughs> Arnold going to show up and have to fight the devil or something? I might prefer him over uh, tornadoes. But, yeah, we get, we're, we're just right outside of Tornado Alley. Oh, I didn't mean, I didn't mean that Arnold was going to show up and fuck up the town <laughs> like Bigfoot or some shit. <laughs> Godzilla. He's like, how, how funny would that be if, like, an Arnold, like, fell into radiation, like nuclear radiation or something? He's got all big. Started stomping through the town. That's no, it's, uh, it's. I didn't realize there were tornadoes out there. I mean, I grew up in South Carolina. I don't remember there being tornadoes. Yeah, there was a there was a gnarly one. Uh, well, we get them every year, but we also get a ton of rain, which I didn't know when I moved there because I've only been in Nashville for a year. We get more rain than Seattle, apparently, mm -hmm. is what I was told. So, uh, it's a it's a unique climate. Um. And this one, I mean, does it touch down a lot? Because I don't remember hearing about debt. Like, there were six people that died this week. Six people. Yeah, there was a, there was a pretty bad one uh, about 10 years ago. We had a pr pretty bad flood, 2010-11. Uh, um, so we get, we get some, some stuff. But, yeah, six people died. Touchdown was good size. There was actually a few that touched down in the area on Sunday, so... Well, that's not good. Um, but this isn't a show about the fucking weather. So um, you've got uh, – you have a, uh, a telehealth service called Blokes. Um, but before we get into that, tell me about your background. Where did you grow up, and how did you get into this business? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm a military brat. Grew up part of my life in North Carolina, mm -hmm. Fort Bragg, North Carolina, Fort Carson, Colorado Springs. Went to school in the Midwest, uh, University of Northern Iowa. Actually, I did a stint in military school for about a half a semester. And um, then I was in Chicago and Wisconsin and uh, got my start in healthcare through a company called Stryker, big med device company, orthopedic spine implants. Mm -hmm. Was with them for about five years and then decided to become an entrepreneur in healthcare. And that's what led us to, to Blokes. And uh, so you were a military, was your, was your dad in the army or some shit? 82nd Airborne, yeah. What did he do? Uh, he was infantry, and then he was JAG. Mm, oh, so how, when he went to Carson, was he still infantry? He was supporting, no, he was JAG, supporting mm. Special Forces 10th Group. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so those guys, a lot of people, um, uh, what's his name? Fuck, I can't remember the dude's name. The guy who used to work for Alberto Gonzalez. Um, a lot of, a lot of. Jag guys who transition from shooter jobs end up in those special forces billets, and what they do is they kind of tell the SF teams what's legal and yep. not, basically, which is interesting. That's an interesting job to have, right? To, yep. It's like, hey, you guys are going to go fucking mow down a bunch of people, um, but here are the left and right limits. Yep. You know what I mean? And they have a, an attorney that just tells them that. It's fucking crazy to me. Now, we, we were always around those guys. I mean, I even played on the softball team with them. So it was, it was a fun, fun group of guys. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, you is that what you went to school for, for medical stuff? No, I was, I was always business. Um, you know, I, I squeaked by with a, with a C mm. average and uh, marketing and, and business. And to be honest, man, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do coming out of college. I mm. went to Chicago, played rugby for... Uh, better part of a decade, played with the Chicago Lions and was struggling with what the heck I wanted to do career-wise and sitting down uh, having a beer with my boy who played in the NFL for a while. He's like, hey, man, why don't you come work for this medical device company called mm. Stryker? They make good money. You'll make six figures. Uh, a little bit of a grind, but yeah. it was a good stepping point. What was it that you were doing exactly? So I was, I was in the OR pushing uh, spine implants. Mm. So 
kyphoplasty, vertebroplasty, radiofrequency ablations, lots of pain management. So we, uh, we worked with a handful of uh, different call points, orthopedic spine surgeons, neurospine surgeons, interventional radiologists, pain management doctors. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Was, How did you like it? I mean, it's, that seems like a pretty interesting thing to do. And, it, and it's, <clears throat> there, a lot of those companies popped up um, in response to, I guess, both the military and the federal government starting to become aware if they weren't already or uh, starting to want to do something about the opioid crisis and pain management. All these, So you, I'm sure you know this, is, having worked in the industry, <clears throat> but this is something that kind of hits pretty close to home for, for military folks. All of these quote-unquote pain clinics started popping up all over the country, particularly around military bases, yeah. but then they started to spread farther from military bases. It's like a pain clinic, yeah. really? Like your whole job is to prescribe opiates right that's that seems like not a great thing because we already knew that they weren't the best i think you know what i mean yeah um and then there were um there were hints even back then that people were being over prescribed and it was like the it was this pipeline to basically the heroin eventually right or fentanyl whatever the, i guess depending on what time period you were in but the the pipeline was you get a back injury or a surgery they give you as many pills as you want, right? And then even after your recovery period, if you're still complaining about pain, they send you to a pain clinic That's and right. they'll give you injections or they'll put whatever, right? Continue to prescribe you medication. Um, and then at some point, you know, after they had gotten everybody hooked, they kind of pulled the rug out from everybody. That's it, man. And it's like, hey, you know what? Sorry. Sorry about getting you addicted to opiates, but fuck you. And you're a piece of shit if you got addicted, even though we were the ones giving it to you. You know what I mean? So a lot of dudes got booted out. A lot of people got addicted to fucking prescription medication and, and that transitioned into some more nefarious shit. Um, but it was right around that time when some finally, I think when there was regulatory pressure from the government to dial back on some of that stuff was the first time some of these uh, alternative treatments and medical devices actually started to get traction. Because otherwise they were getting boxed out by the opiate companies. Yeah, so it's it's funny you mentioned that because I I have still a lot of anesthesiologists, pain management doctors who are friends, mm -hmm. and you know some of them are two two decades older than me, but good mm -hmm. guys. They were coached by their societies to prescribe opiates, mm -hmm. and then the regulatory landscape changed immensely, and all these people who are now on opiates and addicted, they can't get them. So where do they go? They went to the streets. It was a mess, but you're right as well. It, it also opened up this interventional side that was non-opiate, mm. you know, talking about therapies and treatments yeah. um, that were beyond, you know, a pill. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if it isn't like the whole, uh, certainly there was profit motive in the company that made Oxycontin. They finally got fined like $9 billion, yeah. but went right back to producing the drug. They're still producing it's it. It's the same company. It's doing the same it. shit. Um, they're just following some limited government guidelines now, I guess. Um, but nothing's really changed. It's very bizarre to me. Uh, what's changed is it's harder to prescribe. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it doesn't mean that people aren't getting it. And it doesn't mean that we don't have a fentanyl crisis. Sure. It doesn't mean that we have a black market opiate crisis, mm -hmm. which is equally as much dangerous. You yeah. know, and... Um, I, I don't know what good has come out of it uh, other than over-regulatory pieces with people that have still, you know, addiction issues. Yeah, like, uh, so for example, Ross had some uh, procedure or another done, um, my co-host on Drinking Bros, and they wouldn't prescribe him whatever his normal medication was because he popped hot for THC. Now, he takes... Uh, Delta nine gummies, sure. which are legal yep. nationwide everywhere. It's illegal everywhere. And he takes those and like, Oh, you pissed hot for this compound. So you can't get your regular prescription now. It's like, what the fuck do those two things have to do with each Stupid. other? It's very bizarre, especially when you take into consideration. And I'm sure this is something that popped up a lot in your world back in the day. Uh, you know, inflammation is a bigger problem than anything I think. And, and as far as, as far as symptoms go, a lot of them track back to inflammation. Inflammation caused by the unhealthy lifestyle we use, sedentary, eating bullshit food, a lot of sugar, 
um, not eating enough protein, not eating enough fiber, shit like that. Um, and, uh, you know, we, as is typical with Western society, we like to treat things as far downstream as possible because that's where the money is, right? Like you can, uh, you can shear a sheep many times, but you can skin them only once, yeah. right? So they want to treat this problem as far downstream as they, as they possibly can. Um, <clears throat> but I don't see too much in the way of prophylaxis treatments, to be honest. I mean, even the devices you guys were pimping, while better certainly than fucking life, lifelong opiate addictions, that's still way down the line, right, um, to some degree. So it's like, did you, did you notice anything about root causes getting treated at any point during your tenure in that field or how did that work no i it was it was a fart in the wind man i mean i i we're we're still battling that as a society right now you know the preventative and proactive side of of medicine i mean go to a primary care doc and you'll spend you know somewhere less than nine to ten minutes with them that's that's the average here in the united states so there's no way you can sit down and talk about lifestyle nutrition um, you know, exercise and, and just living a better life in nine to 10 minutes. It's not happening. Yeah. I wonder if this isn't like, certainly again, there's profit motive that's always involved in, in Western medicine for whatever reason. I mean, I guess it's because it's easy, but, um, I also wonder if it isn't some kind of offshoot of safetyism in Western culture, like no tolerance for any kind of discomfort because you really shouldn't be treating low-level inflammatory pain with even with ibuprofen sure right because you're you're fucking up your internal organs doing that even but certainly not with something that you're going to get addicted to but we have no tolerance for i guess for lifestyle change right which is the only thing that's really going to solve any of this stuff it's like um you're putting out a fire with a chemical that's going to poison the water supply basically you know what i mean yep it's like the fire's out now but what do we drink? You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, we're looking for quick fixes all the time. Right. I mean, every, everything we do. So what's the, what, what do you see as a better pathway to that? I mean, what do you know about inflammation and how to stop that shit? Because I think that's a big problem for people. Well, I, I mean, first things first exercise diet. I mean, what's going in and out of your mouth mm-hmm. is, is, is a key factor to that. And, you know, like you said, NSAIDs, ibuprofen, that, that's going to mess with your, your, your stomach, your linings, your gut, especially if you're taking it on a chronic or continuous basis. So, you know, the first thing you can do is really just monitor your diet. And, like, what, what kind of stuff would you say causes the bulk of this? You know, one thing that people don't talk about enough is stress and sleep issues. Mm. Uh, totally correlated. I mean, stress, cortisol, as you, as you stress, your cortisol changes. That's an antagonist to testosterone. That's an antagonist to inflammation. If your body's constantly stressed, you're constantly living in a, in a, in a inflamed state. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're not getting sleep, enough sleep, you know, most people, I think one out of 150 people can, you know, can, can live on a continuous basis and a healthy basis. Uh, with seven hours or less. So you should be getting at least seven, eight hours of sleep per night. And then there's sleep hygiene, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, a variety of different, I mean, look, sometimes you've got a fucking newborn, good luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, this isn't like, uh, there's not a, there's not a pill for that. There's not a there's not a lifestyle change from that aside from just not having a baby, I guess, right? So sometimes you're stuck, but most of the time there's stuff that you can do, um, like uh, <clears throat> you know, putting the phone down an hour before you go to sleep, um, reading a book, seeing natural light in the morning as well. I mean, Huberman talks about a lot of this stuff. It's pretty common sense stuff. Just like think about what the normal day for a human being would have been 200 years ago and do that. Right, which shouldn't be that difficult, but we're we're addicted to stimulus at this point, like big time. We can't do without it. Totally, it, it's it's very bizarre because I can sit in a I can sit quietly without speaking to another person indefinitely, and just think about weird shit. My brain will just do that. But people, I, I see people start to uh, like I fidget when I'm active when I'm doing something, but if I'm 
bored and just sitting in my house, I'll just sit there and stare at the fucking wall. You know what I mean? But it seems like a lot of folks can't be still unless they're stimulated. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't think that was ever the case before. And it's probably because we were just so busy. Yeah. And then when you got a chance to, um, slow down for a minute, you took it. Yeah. I, I'll tell you the, the thing that probably has changed the most is our phones. You know, when, when, when we get that instant gratification or that dopamine hit by looking at Instagram or, you know, Facebook or whatever the, the medium is, it, your, your body adapts, your mind adapts to that. And people, they just can't put their phones down. Mm. And I think you nailed it. I mean, put your phone down an hour before bed, you know, read a book, don't have the television on. You know, something that I've been doing a lot is is hot cold therapy. I get in the Sisu sauna, you know, at least once a day. I try to do, you know, ice barrel at least once a day. That really helps just kind of regulate my my stress levels and I feel like I sleep a hell of a lot better. Yeah, I mean that so stress comes, you mentioned cortisol from a number of different angles. And if you don't address it with good sleep and then good like whatever you want to call it, coping mechanisms, yeah. I guess, or just what whatever you do to deal with that. Um <clears throat> then you're not going to feel good. It doesn't matter what else is going on with you physically. Um, and the way we eat is preposterous. Like somebody was asking me the other day why I don't eat lunch. I'm like, well, because human beings have never eaten lunch before except for fat British and French royalty in the Middle Ages, right? That's, they, they invented that shit. Usually you would eat something small to get going in the morning, and then you would eat a big dinner, right? Somewhere between fifteen and 1,800 calories yep. for dinner. That's what most... Why? Well, and I guess if it works for me, that means my uh, ancestors were poor, right? That's how you know. Uh, if you like, if you need lunch during the day and you don't feel good, if you don't eat it, uh, you're probably you come from nobility of some sort. Um, but my family was definitely poor because if I eat in the middle of the day, I feel tired. But we still we still do it. Like people will do that. They go to lunch in the middle of the workday and then complain about being drowsy after two p.m. It's like, well, yeah, because your body's digesting food; it's zapping all your energy out, asshole. So now what we do is drink 300 to 600 milligrams of caffeine yeah. to stay awake for that period. It's just like, again, we put out the fire, but now the water's poisoned once again. It's like, we, we, we've got to fucking figure this out because it's not that difficult. We just keep doing the same dumb shit over and over and then pouring more dumb shit on top of it. <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't, man. I, I, I do the same, though. Uh, you know, I... I don't eat breakfast. I, I get my coffee. That's about all I get because I, I feel a dramatic effect mm -hmm. if I'm eating a good-sized breakfast or even I, I try to snack at lunch, just get something in mm -hmm. me, protein shake. Well, um, that, that's what the, the average person did was like, uh, I guess you would call it tea in, in the UK, right? That, but it was like the ordinary folk would have – uh, tea and some kind of fucking cake or cookie or some shit yeah. in the middle of the day just to give them some something to burn for the rest of the day. But they don't sit down and eat like seven to 800 calories for lunch. That's crazy. I mean, how can you, I, I mean, think about that. If, you, if you're doing that at breakfast, you're doing that at lunch, you're doing it at dinner. I mean, you're t just sitting around, you're doing a 4,000 calorie yeah. diet. Well, there, and there's like uh, so much uh, bad and historic, hysterical diet stuff that comes and goes like uh, for a while it was eat five small meals a day. It's yeah. like, when the fuck has have human beings ever had time to eat five <laughs> small meals a day? Like that's, I mean, I, it sounds like the, the, the idea of it is, is that your body learns to immediately burn stuff so you don't store fat. It's like, all right. I mean, if, if you miss one of those meals one time, then you fucked up that cycle. Right. Yeah. So uh, I guess if you want to live like that's like living, nutritionally living paycheck to paycheck. I don't think your body wants to live like that. Um, but whatever. Uh, it, it's just, we just, building good habits is so important. And, uh, you know, because not, not just building good habits, but doing stuff that you're going to keep doing. You know what I mean? From, from your workout to your sleep program to your diet. If you don't enjoy doing those things, you're going to go back and do the other thing yep. at some point, right? Yep. So... <clears throat> That, I think that's one of the struggles for a lot of people is to find something that makes sense for their schedule, but they also enjoy and also get the, I guess, get the results that they want out of it. It's not easy. I mean, especially with all the uh, 
there's so much fucked up, stupid information yeah. out there. Um, and, you know, everybody is, again, really quick to just try to take a pill, like Ozempic <laughs> is the, the thing now. It's like, all right, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you should give yourself intentional diarrhea. Yeah, we, 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 we do a lot with the GOP1 category. Know a lot about it. And what are your thoughts on that? Uh, there's good and bad. Mm. You know, I think I think it's um, it's it's going to be a blockbuster drug for the right reasons. Um, I think what we should be trying to figure out is why the hell we're here mm. versus why this is the solution. And I think we can trace that back to you know the the origin of processed foods. Uh, but the reality is we have a horribly unhealthy country. I mean, over 70% of the country's obese or overweight. And then there's a whole nother category of type two diabetes. And it and seems that's, to that's be 38%. Effective. It's a Thir- lot. 38% are either diabetic or in pre-diabetes. It's insane, right? That's fucking crazy. It's crazy, man. Cause that is a, that is a, a 100% avoidable disease yeah, that absolutely. is al- almost always developed in adulthood. Yep. And at like at, when I say that, I mean like you're a conscious, autonomous human being, and you're allowing this to happen to yourself. Yep. That's that that to me is wild. Like, it, I guess we smoked for a long time, and it gave us cancer. We didn't care, right? So I, I guess it makes sense. But fuck, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, we we talk about this subject a lot. You know, the the metabolic disease in our country is an issue. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. There's a substantial amount of people who have high blood pressure, you know, waist sizes of guys 40 or higher. All their triglycerides are all fucked up. Cholesterol's all messed up. Um, this seems to be something that is helping slow that process down or give people an edge in eating. That's all it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've taken it. Uh, I, I take it I take it every once in a while just from a micro perspective. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of other uses that come from these therapies and these drugs. But like what? For for Ozempic specifically, you mean? That category. So the mm-hmm. GLP-1 category. Yeah, yeah. You got the Ozempic, the Manjaros, the, the Wagovi, uh, the Trulicities. They've been around. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's going to be a lot with insulin resistance that we're mm-hmm. going to be looking at. Alzheimer's. Uh, lots of things that we're discovering slowly but surely. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. So there was a uh, – in the mid-'90s, there was this <sighs> – uh, theory that aluminum cans were giving people Alzheimer's disease, right? And it was like, well, what are we drinking out of aluminum cans? Okay, fake sugar, basically. Yeah. Even though it says it's real sugar, it's not a, it's not Diet Coke or anything, but it is not real sugar. It's not canned sugar, right? It's processed, yep. bleached-ass sugar. It's like, well, maybe that was it, right? And now we find out that Alzheimer's does have a causal link with insulin, right? So you're you're thinking that because of all the damage we've done, we're going to have to treat insulin resistance in some kind of way. Yes. I, I think we have underestimated the power of our hunger hormones and, and the other things that go along with unhealthy patients, such as unhealthy testosterone levels and insulin resistance. Um, I think we have a bigger problem than what we actually know. And obviously, there, I think where, where people are right is the vanity side of it. Uh, you know, the, the person who's not overweight that's taken it just to have a little bit of an edge. Mm. Uh, but I also think there's, besides the obese and type 2 diabetic, I think there's a lot of people, like you just mentioned, that are damn near pre-diabetic. What do we do with them? You know, and I'm not saying that it's, it, they, they should take the easy route, but what we're doing right now with the quick fixes and the shitty, trendy diets mm. doesn't seem to be working. Uh, no, definitely. Well, I mean, no, tr- no, no short term thing is going to work. Like it, re- it requires a lifestyle change, but even the drug is not going to work if, if it's just the drug. Exactly. Um, you know, I've heard it, uh, spoken of as just giving you a little distance or a little time to straighten your shit out. Right. Or a boost or whatever the fuck, but are people actually using it that way? Cause I, I, I don't know many people that are using it at all. So I don't really have any experience with that. What I will tell you is you can absolutely out-eat it, meaning if you don't make changes, mm. it's it's useless. I mean, we've had plenty of patients fail, but I think you nailed it. it. It gives you that edge. It allows you to create some distance between your mindset and food. 
And if you're really committed to change, if you're really committed to a lifestyle change, people are seeing dramatic and amazing life-changing results. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of ways to handle this situation too. We always seem to tackle it. Well, what you, you need to eat good food, but as far as the amount that you eat, um, you can also like work more. You can do like, if you burn more, you can eat more if yeah. that's what you're into. Right. Like, so it's like, there's definitely more than one angle at which to come at this. Um, but that's a hard sell to people. Like they don't want to fucking wake up 45 minutes earlier and just like, is it, the 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 data on this is kind of stupid to be honest. I think the latest is um, eleven minutes a day of just walking around, brisk walking, right? Like just going for an intentional walk. Eleven minutes reduces heart disease potentiality by up to fifty percent. Wow! You can't walk for eleven goddamn minutes, dude. Like that, you, if you don't have eleven minutes in your daily schedule to go walk around, you might want to think about loosening up your fucking schedule a little bit, because <laughs> you're you're just going at it too hard. But that's not the case. Nobody can't find eleven minutes. I don't believe that. Like, there's no way, right? Totally. Uh, you got a newborn, fucking pick him up and squat with him yeah. for ten minutes or yeah. something. You go can do something. Um, I just don't believe that shit. I'm with you, man. I mean, people have to prioritize their health. The problem is we we we've lost that. I mean, hell, I I lost it for a time being in my life, um, and it's been hard getting it back. But you got to prioritize your health. Yeah, certainly. It, it's and it seems like I don't know. I, I think about the way that we manage modern life. Um, like if there's something we want or need for our home, we'll go get it. Right? Like, oh, I need a new chair. Or I want to fucking put a painting on the wall over here. Oh, this, it's getting kind of, I don't like this color anymore. We're going to paint the house. Or I want this new pair of shoes and we'll just go do that. And we'll, we'll do whatever we need to. We'll save money for it or we'll set aside the time for it, for these aesthetic things. But when it comes to your actual human body, <laughs> the only one that you have, we're like, ah, fuck it. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I really don't understand that, to be honest. Because I've done it too. I mean, especially when you're younger, you just get fucking hammered all the yeah. time. That's not great. Yeah. But And then, you know, again, all these dudes in the military, they're just fucking destroying their bodies. Same thing with professional athletes. They're just wrecking their bodies all the time. Totally. Um, especially but during deployment. But that's kind of, there's a purpose to some degree behind that. Sure. A lot of folks are just doing it for, I don't, I don't know what it is. I wonder if it's like escapism or, or what, but <clears throat> it isn't... Uh, I don't think we've figured out how to be modern human beings. You know what I mean? To your point about uh, understanding what the, the side effects from all of our bad habits over the years, insulin resistance and shit. I don't think we've really figured out how to operate in modern, in the modern West with uh, the abundance of high calorie load, nutritional density food and constant stimulation. It's just, it hasn't, we haven't figured it out yet. And I don't, to be honest, I don't, I don't know if anybody's even really trying that hard to figure it out. I mean, dude, if, if, if there's an example, a recent example of us figuring that out, it was COVID, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, when, when we shut down gyms and we, we started banning, you know, thought leaders in the industry for talking about vitamin D mm -hmm. and vitamin C then we know we're something's off and you know not to go down the covid rabbit hole but if we were if we were inclined to improve the overall well-being and health of individuals i think we would have done it then well the people in if if you want to call it power if the people in power have <clears throat> clearly have no motivation to produce a, a more healthy population they're just trying to extract wealth from people, right, and keep them subservient. That's my opinion, but I don't. I don't it would be hard to argue against that. I don't see it. Like, who who's the fucking the industry leader or politician out there talking about personal responsibility or like, hey, let's maybe eat better and <laughs> find your own, like, eat real food and not garbage. Like, I don't see that happening, right? Um, I mean, the the only the only body that's even really got the microphone to do that is rogan yeah i mean seriously i mean it's it's amazing that he's become this beacon of health mm. for individuals yeah and, and it's a good thing too because 
we've just got all these fucking problems. Um, and again, it's, you know, if you go, if, if I was going to Alaska next week, I would pack accordingly. I know what time of year it is. I know what the climate is up there. Um, we've just somehow not even considered that we should do that for this new environment that we're living in today. Maybe probably because <clears throat> a lot of people were born directly into it in our generation. We kind of like gradually backed into this stuff because in the mid nineties there wasn't there, the internet existed in shit, but it wasn't like it is today. Yeah. There was no social media or anything. It was just like, you look shit up on Google. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You print out MapQuest directions, you know what I mean? Like, you could find inf interesting stuff on there, but it wasn't like you couldn't instantaneously communicate with anybody in the world, and you couldn't, you couldn't passively communicate with people just by viewing their stuff and never actually talking to them or passively communicating with likes and shares and shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you actually had to talk to another human being. And then over the course of 10 years or so, <sighs> When did Facebook pop up? 2003, I think. Yeah. So sometime in the mid two thousand, early to mid 2000s, it's things started to shift in the way that we communicate with each other. And uh, it was about that time that our testosterone started taking a heavy hit, too. I talk about this a lot on the show, but the average 21-year-old today has the same level of testosterone that a fucking 75-year-old uh, had in 2000. That's not great. It's bad, man. I mean, that's really, really bad. It's bad. It's it, and it's getting worse and worse. And um, I, I you, you know, obviously, you talked about it earlier. There's sedentary lifestyle. There's bad, you know, food choices. There's the things that are around us. I'm I'm more concerned with you know why we're not putting this on the forefront. Like as 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 a you know, why isn't this on the political campaigns that we're talking about? Why aren't we talking about masculinity and testosterone and conscious masculinity? Because I personally feel that there, there there's some type of motive behind it. There's some type of uh, lack of understanding of the importance of testosterone. And then we just tie it to this, you know, this, this crazy masculinity when it's not about that. Yeah, and I want, I mean, like... <clears throat> I talk a lot about um, with a lot of people about about the veteran suicide issue, um, and it's hard to it's hard to think about it without thinking about the hardware issue, right? And it's two the hardware issue is twofold. One is the hormone disruptors mm -hmm. that we are just constantly uh, bombarded by, and then uh, traumatic brain injury. When you add those two things together. That's a recipe for suicide, man. I mean, that's gonna it's gonna happen eventually. In the same way that it happened with all these NFL dudes, yeah, um, they get popped, their pituitary gland gets fucked up, or they were on. I think it may have been worse to some degree for NFL guys because a lot of them were taking PEDs and shit back in the day before they tested for it, and then they come off of it once they um, once they stop playing football, slim down a little bit, sure, but testosterone levels go. I mean, you go away. If you were taking TRT or anything like that, uh, or any, any kind of testosterone elevator, and you stop taking it like that without stopping the correct way, plus you have all these environmental factors, plus traumatic brain injury, you're fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your brain is just dying slowly. Yeah, it's I, I, it's funny. We, we talk about it with athletes all the time and the fact that it's a performance-enhancing mm -hmm. drug. I'm almost on the side of the recovery aspect of it for these athletes. And That's the most important part. Yeah. Like, like most of the guys who get caught in baseball, by the way, are relief pitchers. Yeah. In the minor leagues. That's that's the number one category of people that get popped with PEDs. That's crazy. Yeah. Because they pitch every day, right? Yeah. So makes sense. But yeah, it's it's the recovery. That's that's why I think people get addicted to it because it makes you feel like you're twenty five years old again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um but, you know, to some degree, I like – I don't like the idea of trying to solve a problem just by throwing medication at it because usually lifestyle changes will help that as well. But using science to, uh, to biohack I think is a good idea, right? I mean, we would do it – so 
we would do this in a lot of other ways, ashwagandha and fenugreek yeah. and shit like that. Like we've been doing this for thousands of years, taking supplements or stuff that we thought people eat bull dicks and shit. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's there have been a lot of dumb ways over the years that people have tried to do this to try to slow down the aging process or to try to stay fitter longer. I don't see a problem with that. I mean, that seems like a really good idea to me. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it, though. I mean, we've been doing this for years, and, and if your body is deficient in, let's just take a simple thing, like vitamin D, mm. what do we do? We, we supplement with it. I think if you're doing it under medical supervision, it's bioidentical. You mentioned, like, the, 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 the bulls and shit like that. I mean, that's, that's where testosterone was derived from, yep. horse piss. Yep. You know, that's the old version of this, the new clean version of bioidentical hormones. Um, if you're truly suffering from low T, you've exhausted your options, you're doing all the right things in the gym or trying mm. to, eating the right way, there's not many things that are going to allow you to win better yeah. and more efficiently and, and safely. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... In the, uh, and to be honest, when I, when I got out of the Army, it took me about a year and a half or two years or so to, to get through their whole fucking, all their hurdle process to drive. My, I think my testosterone level was like 160 wow. or something like that. That's and I'm low. 30 years old, right? Wow. Um, and it's like, okay, you're a little low. I'm like, um, that's like an 80-year-old man. Damn, <laughs> so I'm that's... pretty low. Um, but, you know, I, so I started with... Uh, one cc a week, which is a pretty, that's a pretty good yeah, dose, that's good right? Amount. Um, and over the years, as I've repaired some stuff that was wrong with me physically, and the, mo the most important thing I did, aside from activity, was eating more protein um, and less, not eating anything processed, if I can help it. Um, <clears throat> I've gone from one cc a week down to three, Right. And I still have testosterone somewhere in the mid 700s now. Good for you. Right. So it's like people see these things. I, I don't, I think people, because it is true to some degree, if you start on these TRT products, you're probably going to want to stay on them permanently, right? Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. But you will reduce the amount you take over time, in my opinion, or in my experience, rather, uh, provided you do the right shit. Because it's not enough to, if you, you could take a CC of test a week and yeah, you're going to feel energetic and shit, but you're going to be skinny fat. If you don't do yeah. stuff, you're going to look like an asshole. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting. I, I don't know your pathway, but mine is very similar. I, I was doing 200 milligrams a week for mm. a very long time. I'm down to like 160. Um, but I, that's come with time and, and it's come with making better choices. You know, I used to not be in the gym. I used to be a gym rat, mm. and then I wasn't in the gym for a while. Now I get, you know, five, six workouts a week. I eat better. Uh, I eat more clean. Protein's a very, very big part of my diet. I get, I get as much as I, as much as I can uh, during the day. But your body will adjust, mm. and we see guys do this all the time with with testosterone, with enclomiphene or clomiphene. Mm. They start making better lifestyle decisions. They can reduce it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple of things. So those uh, uh, HCG, right? These yep. products that make sure that you're still producing natural testosterone as well. Um, it really helps over time, man. I mean, it makes you feel better for sure. Not just <clears throat> in the gym, and not just like the two most obvious that people think about are their like physical health and strength and uh, libido stuff, yep. right? But I think the most important part of it is your mental health, right? I mean, think about, and I don't mean this to be derogatory, but if you're thinking about the way hormone issues affect somebody's mental stability, I think we all have experience with that to some degree, and it is our, the women in our lives. These poor bastards have to go through this shit once a month for fucking 40 years or whatever, um, or, or I guess 35 or 40 years, but, and then they go through menopause, which is just absolutely horrific for a woman. Um, in some cases, some case, somebody, some people don't have that big a deal with it. But you've experienced that, or a pregnant woman even, like when her hormones are disrupted, her emotional balance gets off. Yep. Now you map that onto a dude whose emotional balance is not to be empathetic, but to provide and protect using their aggression. Now you have unbalanced aggression. That's a fucking problem. Unbalanced empathy is annoying unbalanced aggression is a fucking problem right and it's 
especially for people, if you're a good man, I think it's even worse. If you're a bad guy, you're going to go hurt somebody else. If you're a good man, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. That's why these military folk uh, blow their fucking brains out all the time because they're not going to go fuck somebody else up. They'll hurt themselves first, right? They'll take themselves out of the equation before they'll fucking go start some shit. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> they look at something like even the military. I've seen dudes get popped for taking TRT in the military and get kicked out. Like, no what shit. the fuck? What are we doing here? Wow. Shouldn't we be the best at that? Wow. At being a dude? Like, that should, I think, feel like we should be the best at that. It, but, it's, it, but it also is such an uneducated position. To, to, to you know, my dad served twenty five years, so I, I I I didn't serve, but um, you know, he was pretty fucked up when he got out, mm. and um, the the unawareness and the uneducation, if that's the philosophy, that's that's completely wrong. This episode is brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Drinky Bros GhostBed. It's the best bed in the world. It's the most comfortable sheets, pillows, the whole thing. I've got them all, man. And, you know, they wanted to extend their best possible offer to Drink It Bros. They've been with us for a very long time. So this is the email they sent us. We want Drink It Bros to get the best offer. So I updated the code for 50% site-wide. That's 50% site-wide. Use the code Drinking Bros. Drinking Bros with no G. For 50% off site-wide, everything that you buy on this site is going to be 50% 50% off. Again, they get the best pillows, sheets, mattresses. They get the mattress protector. Uh, if you're if you're sloppy and spill things and you don't want to jack up your mattress, they have pretty much everything you need. They've got weighted blankets now. They've got the adjustable base, which we really like. I've got one in my home. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros. Use the code drink it bros for 50% off site wide. And don't forget about their page go plan if you're with approved credit. You're going to be able to pay this thing off over the course of three to five years for 25 to 35 bucks a month. It's nothing. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros today and use the code drinker bros for 50% off. This episode is also brought to you by blackriflecoffee.com. The best coffee in the world. As a matter of fact, they won both the gold and bronze medal at the Golden Bean Awards this year for their exclusive coffee club entries in the elite category. So the best coffee on earth literally was Circus Bear by Black Rifle, one of their ECS. So I recommend that you go sign up for the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. And, uh, you know, you get all the benefits from being in the coffee club. You get the free shipping. You get access to all the partner deals. Uh, uh, You get access to the exclusive coffee club. You get access to any new products that come out before anybody else does. You know, it's a very large club that they have over there. And the coffees are premium. Every single one of them is good. Uh, you, you're going to get experience for you. You can do just the plain coffee club. And if you want your two bags of, of uh, espresso or your two bags of silence or smooth or whatever it is you drink, you can get those two bags or one bag or whatever you want every month or and or rather you can use the ECS, the exclusive coffee club and get access to some of the most premium coffees on the planet and kind of learn what it is that you like. You know what I mean? So then you can order those premium coffees from Black Rifle as well. So, and we all know they got the best branding, the best merch, and they're buddies. You know, we're all friends here. Uh, we love Black Rifle. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, or buy something. Do whatever you want. Um, use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. This episode is brought to you by firstform.com forward slash citizen. Free shipping on all orders over $75 when you use the link. And you're not going to spend less than 75 bucks. I mean, they get the best products in the world, especially the OptiGreens. You know me, I don't eat vegetables um, because they're fucking pointless. So I supplement with OptiGreens 50 from First Form. It is precisely formulated green superfood powder meant for overall immune system support and digestive health. It's really good, aside from just getting the daily greens into your body that you need, and make sure, by the way, you're taking this with MCT because you have to take anything like this with MCT. 80% of your immune system is located in your gut and your digestive tract, right? So healthy digestion is essential for overall health and wellness, not to mention that most of your serotonin, I think 96% of your serotonin or 94% is made in your gut as well. So you're gonna be in a better mood. You're gonna feel better physically, and you're going to feel better mentally if you are taking these greens. OptiGreen 50 has 50 chosen ingredients, uh, effectively dosed. 
it's not necessarily how many ingredients there are though but it's a it's about the right amount of each taste and texture no, like no other product in the market it's not gritty doesn't have a weird flavor it's got sweet berry flavors actually uh 100 of the greens are all grown and manufactured inside the united states and they are bioavailable now they've got other products as well they've got the micro factor which you see behind me on every show uh, and i take them every day you know you got essential fatty acids coq10 you get all the stuff you need in one little packet for your daily vitamin pack and you mix that you, you make yourself uh, uh, optigreens 50 shake and you and you take those pills with it and you're going to improve your life precipitously you're going to feel better you're going to look better so on and so forth so go to firstform.com that's one s-t-p-h-o-r-m.com forward slash citizen use the code you're going to get free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks there's a lot of a, a lack of education, I guess. And there's also a lot of misinformation about totally. it. Like, oh, you're going to fucking this, this or that side effect. Or people go, uh, people get roided out, start having rage fits. It's like, well, you're more likely to have a rage fit if you have low T than high T, right? That's a That's fact. That's a fact. It's That's clinically like, proven. Fuck, I mean, it, so, so there's a miseducation. There's a misunderstanding. You brought it up earlier. You know, people are still living in that Mark McGuire, Sammy mm. Sosa, bodybuilder era of, you know, anabolic steroids. I mean, we have to start talking about it in optimal ranges and what the ramifications of low T are because mm. it's just as bad as being anabolically unhealthy, um, if not worse. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, mental issues and depression and mood swings. That's completely tied to low T. And so is, uh, I mean, a litany of other, a, a lot of other downstream effects, like high blood pressure, for example, is an effect of low testosterone. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot, but, you know, <clears throat> there's new research over the past couple of years that low T is a, uh, a pretty significant risk marker for major cardiovascular disease. Absolutely. Right, which is, you know... So many people are dying from this shit. What is it? It's 20% of deaths, yeah. right, are cardiovascular related yeah. in some way. Number one cause. So it's like we can probably take a look at that, right, and, and try to figure that out. We, we prescribe blood thinners and shit. Quick to do that. Yeah. You know, you're better off just giving blood, doing uh, a therapeutic lobotomy yeah. once a month than you are taking blood pressure medication. Frankly. I did that last week. Yeah. I have to do it every month. Do you? Yeah. So you you just have a, a higher hematocrit typically. Yeah. So I already had high hematocrit. Yeah. Already before I started back in the day, and they told me this when I first started taking. They're like, "Yeah, you should totally. probably dump blood pretty regularly." Like, eh, it's a pain in the ass, but it's better than feeling like shit. I and I can tell what I do. Uh, yeah, it does. So the day after, the day I do it, I don't really notice, but the day after, I feel like I feel like I weigh less. Yep. Like my blood instead of my heartbeat being like thump thump it's like thump thump it's like a normal heartbeat again. how about yeah, sleep man. uh yeah it definitely helps yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yep um yeah and i never slept before i started taking testosterone therapy really I, I slept like three hours a night maybe right and it was even the sleep i got wasn't very restful so um so yeah there's a it's it's unfortunate there's so many stupid fucking things I, and i think now there's more and more information out, so people kind of are a little more aware that um, of what's available, and they're also aware that they shouldn't even listen to what the government has to say about anything ever again. Because um, they've given us <clears throat> um, the food pyramid, which was all wrong. They gave us high fructose corn syrup, um, tobacco, uh, you know, and then a bunch of unnecessary vaccines <laughs> and pills instead of lifestyle changes. That's been the government solution. And that's what you should expect because that's how you make money. Right? Yeah. I mean, and you know, the big pharma collusion is Israel, the big foods lobbying collusion. And it's, it's a real thing. I mean, my, my wife and I, we, I, I mean, we stopped any vaccine for our kid, mm. period. Any. Not 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 just the, the, the COVID vaccine, but we stopped them all. Yeah. The only one that I hear people getting 
uh, for young kids that makes a lot of sense to me is RSV, I guess. Sure. Um, but, you know, I guess it depends on the kid. Yeah. To be honest, uh, you just don't want to. I, I think a lot of them do it because they don't want to spend time in the hospital with the kid because it's it hard. It can get pretty rough. Um, but anyways, yeah, the the peptide stuff is something that I think people are still kind of um, uneducated on, right? The general public, I mean, the the don't the people in authority, they're just gonna lie to you, so don't even bother with those assholes. But even just, I'm, I'm talking about just the general public with peptides uh, like clomiphene and clomiphene and NAD and stuff like that. Go, can you go into some of those and what the, what they do exactly? Cause I don't think a lot of people know about, they know about testosterone, but they don't know about these other things that yeah. kind of keep you healthy and the periphery as well. Yeah. So, so peptides are short chains of amino acids, stepping stones of proteins. What people don't realize is peptides have been around for years. They're flowing through our body naturally. The most common abundant pet, peptide that's used everywhere is insulin and uh it's it's morphed it's changed uh what we see a lot more now of these uh peptides or growth hormone peptides or secretagogues there's human growth mm -hmm. hormones and there's peptides that are secretagogues where basically your body's making more of it producing mm -hmm. more of it uh things like samorlin ipamorlin mm -hmm. uh tessamorelin all those good things you mentioned a couple things earlier in clomiphene and mm -hmm. clomiphene those are serms Guys are doing really well with that because it treats secondary hypogonadism. Mm. You mentioned 21-year-olds, younger guys getting lower and lower T. Yeah. Well, they're still making it. They're just not making a sufficient amount. So it doesn't mm. necessarily make sense to put them on an exogenous form like we're on, mm. where it's testosterone replacement, where yeah. it shuts down the body's <clears throat> natural production. If we can jumpstart it like we would a car battery that was left overnight, then why not? And typically, we're seeing amazing results with those. And what is... Uh... I take Sermorlin. Um, I've heard recently that I should switch to Ipamorlin, but I think it's kind of a – people just have a different opinion on certain things. But what what are your thoughts on those two particular – Tomato, peptides? tomato. I, I think Sermorlin's great. Ipamorlin's mm. uh, good. Ipamorlin's on the chopping block with, of course, the FDA. Yeah. Um, you know, we can go in the long-winded story why that's probably happening. But there's a handful of ones that are uh, have been around for a while that uh, – are getting shadowed and uh, who knows what will end up happening, but um, definitely been around and definitely getting looked at pretty hard by the FDA. Yeah. Yeah. What do, what, is there a short version of that about Ipamorlin? Cause I'm not, I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah. So you got CJC Ipamorlin, you got TVs, there's a category of TVs. You got um, uh, BPC one five seven right now. That is, uh, so what, what the FDA came out with in the end of September is a do not bulk compound list. Mm. Uh, all these all these ingredients were coming from FDA registered facilities in bulk uh, cases, mm. so that these compounding pharmacies could could you right. know, compound them yeah, yeah. Uh, at a at an economical rate. It reduced the cost of stuff ten x in a lot of cases. Very Sometimes hundred x, so. right? Very it depends much so. on what it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the FDA just wants to profit more. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, that's my opinion. But, I, yeah. I mean, listen, you know, any time that the, the the drug industry sees a market that is doing really well, they have the profits and, and the ability to run big, large studies. So essentially what happened on, on the back end from compounding, in my opinion, is they created demand for this stuff. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden they're nudging the FDA saying, because listen, you can't find anybody who's been harmed by these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bunch of 30, 40, 50 year olds taking mm -hmm. this stuff to feel better. Yeah. That's all it is to, to look and feel better. Um, there's not there's not a bad safety profile on this. So, um, you know, I think something that's going to happen is you're going to start seeing these big phase one, two trials come out on mm -hmm. these drugs and they'll be back and they'll be a lot more expensive. That sounds about right, and then they've got about ten years to keep them expensive until yep. you can put out a uh, uh, what's it called um, generic version of exactly. it. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's the. A lot of people know this about the pharmaceutical industry, but they'll develop a drug, and you can you you trademark it essentially for ten years, right? Then it becomes essentially public domain. Yep. Um, but what they do is they make a shittier, like intentionally make a shittier functioning version of the drug. 
um, and then do a new one called extended release or whatever <laughs> else that's the real version of the drug 10 years down the road and then release that for another 10 years so they can double up the amount of time that they have exclusivity on that product. Yeah. That's, it, that doesn't really jive so much with the do no harm <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Hippocratic Oath, but yeah. It's, I mean, you, you see that right now happening with PD-5 inhibitors, so Viagra and Cialis. Mm. Uh, I mean, you see different versions of it being released over mm -hmm. time. Uh, but like you said, those patents run out, and then you can come up with generics. And for most guys, they're extremely effective and far more cost-affordable. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, before we wrap up here, um, tell me how you got into this business because, you know, it sounds like – you were kind of probably getting some treatment yourself and decided that this should be a thing that was available to more people. Yeah, man. I, I was on the cusp of a divorce. Mm -hmm. I had two kids, uh, had no sex drive. Um, I was 50 pounds heavier at the time and COVID hit and I was like, shit, <laughs> finally all the partying and boozing got up with me. My wife was going to divorce me and, and I went and saw primary care docs and, uh, got gaslit, mm. not a little bit, a lot. Oh yeah. I made these hats called fuck normal mm. because I was told when I was in those doctor's offices that I was normal. How what, can you what have was your, what was your testosterone level? Uh, low twos, two ten, two twenty. That, that's where I fluctuate it. And I, cause I went and saw multiple different doctors yeah. and I, listen, I'm in my mid, mid to late thirties and I'm having to argue to even get a testosterone marker ran. Um, you know, and, and that was the, the opening that was the the light that I saw in this industry, uh, you know, a guy that's been in healthcare at that time for you know eleven twelve years, having a hard time navigating it, having a hard time getting myself better is where I saw the opportunity. Yeah, and now um, <clears throat> you know, there was a period from when people started to become aware of this issue until recently where there was some level of barrier to entry, right? Like the, the availability of the products wasn't always there. Um, and then, like you said, going to a primary care physician and trying to get them to understand this situation, good fucking luck, right? Still happens. Because they have, they look on a piece of paper and they have a range of, I think it's 380 to like fucking 800 or something like Two, that. 200 to, th or 280 to 1,000. Oh my God. Which is, I mean, you it's know. It's a massive range. Massive like, range. Uh, so they look at that, and if you're anywhere in there, they're like, yeah, you're fine. I'm like, yeah. well, I'm 25. It's like, eh, yeah. what the paper says, right? Um, for whatever reason, they don't want to prescribe, which is interesting because people pres prescribe shit off-label all the time. I mean, 70% of medications yeah. are. Um, but in this one particular instance where it really could have helped people, they decided or maybe just are, are fucking stupid or coward cowardly, but um, they, they made the decision not to do this stuff. But now it's like... <clears throat> You can go to a site like yours, to blokes, and go through the process and use uh, one of like 3,000 diagnostic labs in the country now. Every Walgreens yeah. and CVS has a LabCorp in it now, pretty much. And then LabCorp also has standalones all over the fucking place. And there's a couple of other companies that do it as well. It's like, now you can just make an appointment, stop by CVS on your way to work, right for 15 minutes and get your blood drawn then a week later or so you know exactly what's going on and you can get prescribed medication without ever going into a physical doctor's office it's like the barrier to entry to start taking control of your health as a man has never been lower frankly it's amazing i i mean I, I i tell guys all the time if you're not going to me go to somebody else yeah. don't don't live a shitty life i mean don't 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 feel like crap there's just no reason like it, yeah and a lot of these are excuses right it's like oh, i don't have time for that it's because it's I, I don't know it's hard to change i guess i don't know I, I it was for me too especially when your hormones are fucked up you're just depressed all the time she's like ah eh, just gonna and then you it's for dudes as, as well if it's not an obvious physical injury it's hard to get them to totally. do something about it sometimes they're just like ah oh, i'll just I'm a, I'm a man i'm just gonna push through it like well good luck asshole yeah. Like you can't fucking flex your way out of low testosterone. It doesn't work. No, there's a, there's a psych piece to this. I mean, and, and you know it. I mean, we're, we're men, right? We, we've been told since we were kids, you know, rub some dirt on it, mm -hmm. you know. But low T, it's unless you can do a 180, it's not changing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, 
there are things you can do in your daily life to help you decrease cortisol, increase uh, uh, testosterone, and then decrease in inflammation. You should do all of those things. But if you're somebody who's suffering from environmental factors or from uh, some kind of head trauma, especially in a pituitary issue, you this is pretty much the only way you're going to be able to solve it. It sucks to pigeonhole it like that, but that's just the way it is, man. Uh, the good news is, is it's readily available now. Like there's there, nothing should stop you from just going to the website, whether it's blokes or somebody else's, and just go through the process and see what it looks like, right? Just know your baselines. Yeah, at least know what exactly. the fuck's going on. Um, all right, well, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your products and shit, because yep. uh, this is uh, really important stuff. Yeah, blokes is B-O-O-K-E-S dot co. And we got a lot of love, a lot of community happening at Get Blokes mm. on Instagram. That's where a lot of good tips and uh, community is, is coming from. And it's as easy as what you said. Just sign up online. We'll walk you through the process, get your labs done at one of the 3,000 locations, and you're off to the races. Yeah. Good. Take control of your own health. Don't be a fucking bitch about it either. Just get it. I mean, there's no it, bad news doesn't get better with time. Nope. You're only deteriorating. Every fucking second you wait is a waste of fucking life. That's that's all it really is. Uh, but look, thanks for coming today, helping to educate people on this stuff. We talk about it a lot, but it's always nice to have an expert on the show to go through the the P's and Q's, so to speak. So I appreciate you coming in today. Thank you for having me, man. Yes, sir. Anytime, and thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.